tuned in to The Catholic Avengers with Jeff Kassab and Pilaris Haki, brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Reevangelization Center. All right, well, gang, welcome back. We've got another episode of the Genesis 4-9 Men's Group Podcast. I am Pilaris Haki, your host, along here with Jeff Kassab, my co-host. Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing great, Pilar. It's so nice to actually see you in, in person, person, right? In person. <laughs> you better stay six feet away. This is great. I don't, yeah. want, I don't want anybody getting any ideas reporting us to the six police. Six feet away. We're coming to your house tomorrow. How are we going to stay six feet away? Can you please <laughs> tell me I that? Little, I got stickers on the ground. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to be fine. Oh, man, this is great. Just like almost, just feels good to be like almost like back into the regular routine of things, you know? I mean, yeah, it feels good. So you try to go to the grocery store and they yell at you for not having a mask on. That yeah. Well, it's totally I work normal. At, I work at a grocery store, so we don't allow anybody in without a mask. It's just for safety. It's actually for safety of employees and safety for the you know the customers. But that's people another just podcast, not, Jeff. Not understanding Jeff, it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, leave, crazy we'll right leave that alone. We'll leave it alone, alone, man. All right. Hey, so Jeff, we wanted to start something a little bit different. We're going to talk about you know we're the Avengers, the yeah. Avengers podcast, yes. right? Yes, um, we are. And so you know you you're you're the Hulk. Yeah, and you said, "Hey, Paul, let's bring up an interesting fact about our Avengers yeah. characters on the podcast today." So, what you got? Is the I Hulk. actually I have two interesting facts, but one you're really gonna like. You're about to which, geek out here. So, yeah, this is awesome. So, uh, one fact is uh, some of the strengths that uh, the Hulk has. People never realize it, but he's so strong in his legs that he literally, when he jumps, he can literally fly for miles. Like he literally, he's in the air for miles, just on a leap, just on a just leap, on a leap. yeah. Wow. Besides the fact that he's so strong that he can never be beaten, Jeff, nobody, you have like a, you have like a two inch vertical. Nobody can beat him. <laughs> I think you need, if this is true, I think you need a new well, name. Well, <laughs> as Jeff Kassab, I do, okay. but as the whole, okay. hey, there's a big difference. That's there. where I was confused. And and actually, and uh, a second fact that I just learned maybe about a few days ago, in one of the early comic books, um, it wasn't it wasn't because of the gamma rays that he caused. It was actually, the gamma rays were altered by Tony Stark before it detonated. Oh. So the Hulk actually exists because of Tony Stark. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. You're so, welcome. So, you know, this is just like fate. I mean, all of a sudden, <laughs> we're, um, I exist, the Hulk exists exists because of you. Look we at got that. A podcast and now together. we have a podcast together. Yeah, yeah. So I, some interesting facts about Tony Stark. Please or about me, Jarvis. Jarvis. About all right, Jarvis. Well, so, so I, okay, I'm going to break everybody's heart here because I got to be honest with you. I have no idea what any of these superhero characters are. <laughs> you guys gave me a nickname, and you guys are like, "Hey, Pilar, you're you're uh, you're you're uh, Tony Stark," and I'm like, well, "Who's that?" You're like Iron Man. I'm like, "Okay, fair. Why? I don't know because that's." But the last listen, one we had. doesn't Iron Man fit you though? I mean, as you Why? as we're going on, because Iron Man <laughs> is two people. He's Tony Stark. And then turns into Iron Man, but he's also Jarvis. Well, and you sometimes are Jarvis. Is he Jarvis? Because okay, so I had to read up on him because I had to come up with a fact today. So he's not Jarvis. He he's, created Jarvis. He's not. He created Jarvis. It's, Jarvis is literally Siri created by by Tony yeah. Stark. But but you guys are in, so in sync together. I guess. Like you know, Jar- <laughs> Tony can't do nothing without Jarvis. He pretty much runs Iron Man. So so I found out today that Jarvis is an acronym. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I didn't know I didn't. that. I didn't know that. And I mean, I, out of all the fags, that's what you found out today? And, and I don't even remember. Now I can't. I'm looking it up right now on my phone. I can't find it. It's right. like just another something. I don't know. You can Google it. But Jarvis right. is an acronym. What's it say? I can't remember. It doesn't right. matter. Anyways, it's, we not got, that, we, it's not that important. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, here, just a rather very intelligent system. Now, he was <laughs> named he was named after <laughs> Tony Stark's, and see all the geeks on the, on the podcast, like, yeah. people already know this, bro. They, he was named after Tony Stark's old butler, I think, oh, whose okay. name was Jarvis, and when he dies, he creates the thing, and yeah. it's Jarvis because of his butler, but he gives it this stupid acronym. So pretty know, much you, you, can't, you can't survive without Jarvis. Which would which would be what like Siri? Be. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I'm still getting used right. to this. All right. All right. So anyway, all right. we digress. We, we got digress. enough facts for so, for about so, Avengers. So what's uh, let's introduce our uh, our guest today. Yeah, we got so, a very special guest. Yeah, all the way from Southfield, Michigan. He's right. joining us here, Farmington Hills, Michigan. Oh, Farmington yeah. Hills. Sorry. I chill out on the special part. We have a guest. Wow. Yeah, there it is. I fill in. I fill in. We'll take this it. This is uh, our, our our very our very guest, <laughs> Father Pierre Cudjoe. Hey guys. Actually, how you doing? Actually, our chaplain. He's also our chaplain for the Genesis 49. Yeah, um, he, he does a lot with us and supports us and uh, he's really heavy into the men's ministry which is Amen. a blessing Such to us. Such an important ministry. Thank you. Yeah, Thank thanks you for having so me fellas. Father Appreciate it. So Father Pierre, yeah. Who's your Avenger character? Because I want to give you one, like they gave me Iron Man, but but Jeff. No, won't a me. lot of guys have their own from when they were kids. So if he doesn't have one, we'll label him. With so is one. that how I got one? Because I didn't have you're one. You're gonna label me? Is that yeah, what you're gonna we're do? We're gonna label you. We're gonna label you. It's a great segue to the topic for today. <laughs> exactly. So I asked I asked earlier because you kind of threw this on me, like you got to pick a Avenger, and I was like, can I use a different universe, like the DC universe? And they're like, uh, maybe. <laughs> The reason I was thinking of it, because the, the ultimate argument is who would win in a battle between Batman and Superman, which is also a horrible movie if you've ever yeah. seen it. But um, So I really feel like associated more with, with a Batman-type character because the qualities I have of success aren't mine. They're like my tool bag, right? Like priesthood isn't about me. It's about Jesus. Like everything I do is God's grace. So it's like, how, is, how am I doing? Ah, I'm okay. I'm a decent guy, I guess. But, but like... How is what you do as a superhero? It's all these tools that have so been created your, for me. Like utility, <laughs> utility, utility bell in the car and the the the, yeah. the, the submarine there somewhere. But you're just a normal guy. Normal dude. You're just a normal guy with yeah, a, yeah. with a lot of really cool tools. Cool tools. Nice. Okay. I mean, you know, he, I DC rays, comics. Sorry. I don't know. You know, we'll, you're gonna I, listen. You're gonna isolate half the. It's the okay. Audience. No, no. We'll, listen, we'll like accept that. DC gonna, comics, but. We're are just you, not you, a fan of them. Are you stereotyping all. people who like no, DC comics? No, Again, a great segue. <laughs> you can't judge people based on the comic I'm books not. that they read. But I, it just has to be clear. <laughs> that, or that they read comic books. <laughs> <laughs> you just, can't judge them. It just true. has to be clear, though, that Batman can never kill Superman. It just doesn't happen. Wow. Right? Have seen the movie? So, we the just movie got, we just got very bad. Our podcast just got unsubscribed by Apple. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jeff Kassab. You're killing me. You and your own. All right. All so right. before we get into the topic, let's go with our, as we do um, every podcast, We our quote of the yeah. quote of the podcast, right? This quote, this uh, quote is from St. Augustine. Very short, but man, is it beautiful. This is the very perfection of a man to find out his own imperfections. Mm-hmm. So deep. Wow. So good. Right? One sentence. But how deep is that? Well, I can tell you. For all men. I can tell you any time I ever feel like I've got it all figured out, God finds a way to humble me. Yeah. And I think in those moments, I always come out of the other end stronger. And thank God I get those those moments because they, they make me better every single time. Yeah. Make it be simple. The other day I was in my room and I was like, where the heck is my phone? I couldn't find it. I had no one to call my phone for me. I forgot it in the car. Like, <laughs> but just like on a magnet in front of me, I'm like, I just like left it there because I'm 97 years old. <laughs> it's good. Like, all right, I'm not 
amazing. I need my tool belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to uh, uh, Father John Ricardo just two days ago on a podcast about prayer. He loves DC Comics, by the way. Does he? No, I just made that up. Oh, please don't. I just made that up. It's okay. It's all right. For him, we'll make an exception. It's fair. And he did a podcast about prayer, and sometimes you think your prayer life is so good, but after listening to him... Man, I have so many imperfections in prayer life. I'm like, my prayer life is garbage yeah. compared to what he says prayer life really should be. Yeah. And why we pray. And, you know, I, we, we pray for so many of the wrong reasons. But again, this podcast was just great. And, and he brought out the imperfections in me and my prayer, which I'm trying to work on, which is going to take a while. And that's the very perfection of a man. Yeah. The very perfection of a man. Look inward and say, where am I, where am I screwing up? What am I not good at? Yeah. So beautiful. Great. Great segue to the topic, yeah. right? Because I think what we're going to talk about today with everything going on, we try to keep it relative to what's happening in the news, right? Sure. So if, unless you're under a rock, you know there's a little bit of a racism conversation happening in yeah. our country right now. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a topic where I think everyone in some way, shape, or form can relate because I think as humans, there is something in us that is tribal in nature, right? Yeah, so that, yeah. that drives some racism in one way, shape, or form. So our country's battling that and fighting through that right now. And that's the topic for today. Right, so we're just gonna have a you know a general broad conversation around some of the things yeah. related to our faith, our community, and yeah. as men. And I, you know, I'd like to discuss maybe a few aspects of the church, what the church says, some documents on racism. But in general, I, I think just as men, you know, and how do we bring this topic to our home, um, to our children, in Father Pierre's case, you know, to the congregation, to people that are coming to him struggling, like just as men. I mean, how do we deal with this? Pilar, you have nine kids. Your kids are watching the news or seeing what's going on. You know, this. how do we, how do we like, you know, uh, justify what's going on? Yeah. I mean, you know, telling your kids this is wrong, this is not okay, it's all over the news. And yet, probably, our, I know my kids experienced it. I'm sure your kids, I'm sure we have experienced we have. it. You know, but um, a quote from Gadi Metzpez, which is uh, uh, one of the... Um, um, documents from Vatican II, and it was a, it really caught my eye when I read this. It says, any kind of social or cultural discrimination in basic personal rights on the grounds of sex, race, color, social conditions, language, or religion must be curbed and eradicated as incompatible with God's design. Yep. This is in nineteen in the sixties, in the late sixties. Yeah. God's design. They were dealing with right? this. That we're all created in, in, in God's image and likeness. That yeah. we're all equal. Father Pierre, what do you think of that statement? Yeah, absolutely. It's nothing new, right? Right. I think Pilar is right. The tribal, like literally the yeah. Genesis, it was like Cain versus Abel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like immediately yeah. there's a prejudice against individuals. And St. Paul talks about it, Gentiles versus the Jews and the Romans and the Greeks. And there's always been something innate about like a family unit being great and a strong part of society at the same time if it gets exaggerated can be our family unit our tribe is superior than yours and that's that's what negative comes out you can't do that whether it's gender whether it's religion anything so yeah it's not healthy. Well, yeah. what uh, what experience have you had, Jeff? Because I can speak to some that I've run into in terms of my own. I've I've been the victim of what I believe to be some, you know racist behavior. Yeah. What about you? Well, I'm a little older than both of you. Super old. So my high school years were you in know, the '80s. You graduated in two, 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 1920, 2022. <laughs> yeah, during the Great yeah. Depression. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I graduated in '85, so okay. I was in high school in my early '80s, and. Um, Arabs, in general, Arabic people, Chaldean, Middle Eastern descent, was not very common growing up in a suburb. Um, I was one of five Chaldeans 
in an 800 student all white school. Mm. So, you know, um, nobody knew what Chaldean was. I mean, they would call us, the, they would at least call me the racial slurs, yeah. the sand N-word, yeah. um, you know, a camel jockey, um, all these kind of words. And, you know, I mean, you don't know, really don't know how to deal with it. You know, you go home to your parents, um, they're born back home, they really don't understand what's going on, they're not in school with you. So, you know, the four years, and it didn't really happen in, in the younger years, but in high school, um, we, we took more of, um, of just a beating and, yeah. you know, and then after your first or second year of high school, you know, people, I hung out with all, we had no Chaldean people in the school. So you started to kind of, you know, get in the groove with the cliques and the groups and everybody accepts you. Yeah. But the first two years of high school was tough. Yeah. I mean, just a lot of racial slurs. You know, um, you have a different. You take a lunch home. Uh, you take a lunch to school. It's a different lunch than everybody else. You know, it's not a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. You know, it's a cream chop sandwich or something, or you know, and or a kebab sandwich. Or what is this? Yeah, yeah they were just jealous, right? <laughs> so um, I, I grew up with it, you know, and um, it, it was difficult. But I, I think it's more difficult now than it is when I was growing up. Do you think up. it had a positive impact on who you are as a person or, or, or an overall negative impact on how you've turned out? Well, I, I think I think later years after I graduated, I think it made me um, a better person because I used to stand up and defend myself yeah. and um, against a lot of kids, like yeah. a lot of kids, right? There's nobody there to defend you. You get in a fight in a school now, you have, you know, 100 Chaldeans against uh, 20 white people, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's different. Back then it was 100 against one. Yeah. Um, so you just, you you become a stronger person. Um, and, I, and I think, and you're able to defend others yeah because when i was in high school there was a couple guys that used to get picked on because they were the nerds you know and i defended them a couple times and just to make a long story short 20 years later the kids seen me at um at the mall i was with my two kids and he said jeff kassab and i said his name was darren i said darren first thing he said to my son he said your dad stood up for me in 10th or 11th grade because some guy was picking on me and I'll never forget that the rest of my life. It's the first thing he said to my kids. You picked Darren up and you jumped four miles. (laughs) Yeah, we jumped out of the school. I took him (laughs) home. That's awesome. Yeah, that's when I first knew I had powers. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) My early years. (laughs) That's when you used to turn green you had the purple jeans just to get ripped up. It's terrible. uh, How about you, Paul? Mine's a little, kind of a funny thing and a little bit, it's a little bit odd. It's not a typical story but I, so when I, I, I grew up in Southfield I went to um, uh, elementary school in Southfield, uh, third, fourth, and fifth grade. And I had, everybody was friends. Nobody saw color in third, fourth, and fifth grade, right? I didn't really even notice it. And everybody just kind of got along. And then I went to sixth grade, and it was like something happened over that summer where everybody became just, they were, it clicked. They were all like in their own thing, right? So all, the, all my black friends, all of a sudden, they wanted to just hang out with their black friends, and they wouldn't want to hang out with me. All my Chaldean friends, well, they're like, "Hey, you're a white boy. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. hang out. With you. You're too white." And so I was like, "Okay, fine. I guess I'll. I don't, I'll go hang out with the white. Well, white kids are like, "No, you're Chaldean." I like had one Filipino friend. It was like me and him against the whole school. Yeah. And so it was just it's something similar. It was in middle school, not in high school, so it's not as bad. But you're kind of changing. You know, you're going through puberty, and I just got picked on a lot. Right? Got in a lot of fights. Got a lot of pick. Got a lot. You know, a lot of name calling, and didn't have a whole lot of friends. And that was hard. And I, but I think. I grew out of that. Um, I got to go to an awesome high school in eighth grade. I, I, went, I went a year earlier to had an academy. I got to go to UD Jesuit. And the people there were so much more welcoming. And 
I remembered, I never never forgot that pain. And so kind of like you helped you stand up for people. When you've been the victim of kind of that, and look, it yeah. wasn't anything that altered my life in some huge way, but it, I, 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 can, I'm, I can empathize with somebody who is being judged just because of a way they look. Right. Yeah. It w- I think what hurt the most in sixth, seventh grade was I wasn't accepted, not because I was a bad person or because I did something wrong, because I didn't look Chaldean enough and I, I definitely wasn't black. Like, yeah. literally, that's why I was not accepted by people. So and I couldn't control it. Nothing anything. has changed. You had a Filipino friend back then and now you have Jarvis. So, you still, you only <laughs> Wait, have one friend. Is Jarvis you know? Filipino? Well, <laughs> he's still your only friend. I don't know. You know, so. <laughs> so, so I kind of get where you're coming from on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Father P? I don't. I was honestly thinking about it. I was like, you know, do I have any times where I was like the victim of a racist? I don't really think so. Maybe as a priest, I get weird looks all the time. Yeah. Um, but not so much in in a racist way, which is which is part of the I think my struggle is is hard for me to empathize with individuals who've experienced racism. I've never been pulled over because of the color of my skin, or I've never been asked weird questions for no reason just because someone thought of what I was wearing or how I was wearing my clothes. So. It's it's as much as I, I can empathize with, you know, Kellyans who you know you live in kind of a generally somewhat racist community, right? You know, hundreds of Kellyans have been killed in in their stores, right? Ninety mm-hmm. percent of them by black assailants, right? Does that mean that all blacks are murderers? But by no means, no one is saying that. But if those are their experiences of life, you can kind of say, I can see how that can be a prejudice that's formed. It's wrong. It needs to be like rationally thought of and moved on from and healed from. But I've never, never personally, personally experienced yeah. it. So I don't know. It's, it's such a difficult topic. And I was thinking about today, like, you know, there's always that guy that's like, well, I have a black friend. And I actually do have a black friend. Right. <laughs> but I have, I have no like German friends or like, <laughs> yeah. I have no like, you know, Swiss friends, you know, there's like I don't. There's a lot of people I don't. I'm not friends with. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm like prejudiced against anybody in particular. I just kind of have my circle in my life, and I'm. That's I think most people in the world. That's the biggest issue, right? Yeah. Whether you're in China, or in Africa, or you're wherever. You're just trying to support your family, live your life. Racism is a thing, but really, most people are just trying to take care of themselves, which I think is kind of beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think one of the things as a society, I, I, I mean, I think back to when I was in third, fourth, fifth grade. Everybody was colorblind. I mean, yeah. it really, you didn't, when you're kids, that's to some extent, you don't see that stuff. You don't understand what the world is freaking out about until yeah. you get there. And so that to me is the euphoric part of like where you could go. Like that's the, that's the nirvana of society, right? Where everyone is colorblind. Now, is that a realistic thing? No, racism exists because people have those general stereotypes based on the things that happened to them in the past. But I don't know that we'll ever get to that point, but at least we can understand it. So you have kids that yeah. they're coming up to that age. Yeah, I mean, you know, your oldest daughter is twelve now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how? Would, I mean, and I know they're homeschooled a few days a week, and they still go to school. But yeah. how do like how would you explain this to them? Like you said, at that young age, they're they don't see color. Yeah. How do your kids view it? Like, what are they seeing right now, and how are they feeling? Well, I, th- I think I'm blessed because we I have my faith, mm-hmm. right? And and you know, we're, I think we're blessed to have Father Pierre here today to talk about this from a from a Catholic perspective, from a mm-hmm. faith perspective. But everything I teach my kids, everything. Whether it's whether it's about racism, or it's about how to study, or it's about why you need to do the dishes, everything is rooted in our faith, right? Yeah. And with this one in particular, I teach them to be kind to everybody because you got to treat people the way you would want to be treated. The golden rule, Jesus Himself said that. And that yeah. That's an easy conversation to have with a twelve-year-old or a fifty-year-old, right? Yeah. Um, it just a twelve-year-old is more apt to listen to you yeah. <laughs> as their parent. So, for, 
we don't talk about racism to, to, to any extent saying, hey, listen, it's important that you treat black people or it's important you treat Mexican people different because they, you know, you don't, they, they don't let them ever think you're being racist. We don't have those conversations. Yeah. Instead, we, we they're just, human. They're, they're humans. Human. They're humans. They're people made just I like mean, you and I. You know, ra- ra- racism destroys the image of God. Yeah, hundred percent destroyed. We're all um, created in the image and likeness of God. Yeah, and and racism destroys that. So if we see if we can see people in the image and likeness of God, yeah. then we will not see racism. We will not see color. We will not see anything. We will just see them as as a brother and sister in Christ. And look at how Jesus himself does it, right, in the Gospels, throughout the Gospels. People whose lives, their living situation and circumstances weren't chosen. I did not choose to be white of Middle Eastern descent, born of a mom and dad who love each other and are married and non-abusive and I wasn't raped as a child. I'd chosen none of that. That was all on a silver platter for me to live a really free and wonderful life. Think of the individuals in the Gospel, like the Samaritans, the, the lepers, and the, yeah. had to live those lives. Christ went directly to them. Like, you are ostracized from society because of how you and where you were birthed. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go to you and love you, and you're going to matter just like everybody else matters. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really the gospel message, exactly. It's like, should we, should we have to address the issues of, like, especially with like black racism in, in the States? Yeah, it needs to be addressed. It needs to be overcome. But how do we overcome that? By me loving my fellow human, my fellow human loving me. Yeah. That's it. It's kind of that yeah. simple. It's well, it's oversimplifying. It's, it's, it, it, it's simple, but it's not because right. it's like I always do. I, I don't. I, at work, I do this orientation. I tell them like, here's the formula for success at our company. But and I say it's simple. I said, look, I start the slide with Polar is still fat, okay. right? Because here, because here's and, and, and they all laugh, right? But here's the point. I know exactly how I would want to lose weight. All I have to do is burn more calories than I consume and I will lose weight there and yet is. I am still fat because it is very hard <laughs> it's very hard to do just because you know it doesn't mean it's not easy and so yes it's as, it's as simple as loving your neighbor it's as simple as that but that's very hard to do mm-hmm. how much Father Pierre how much of what we're going through as a country right now as a world right now people are protesting all over the world is a function of a society that's really lost sight of who God is absolutely I, I, was, I was talking just you know, like a couple weeks ago about friend of mine a priest friends we talk about politics and philosophy because we're lame and we were talking about yes. <laughs> we talk about uh, DC comics yeah. <laughs> or the other one I Mar- guess. Yeah. Mar- 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 we don't talk about it. no you please. can't say the DC words yeah, yeah, please, oh boy please. <laughs> oh, so, so Nietzsche is talking about uh, God is dead right that's his famous quote but when you really look at the whole like what he was really trying to say is in a world that has killed God right and has lost all Christian ideals the world is going to be doomed, right? Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Great Depression, World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, communism to an extreme, ISIS, all the crazy. Have there been evils, evils before that? Sure. Have Have religion been the subsequent cause of a lot of pain and death in the world? Sure. On the level of the two world wars and the terrorism that we no yeah. right. So I think once we lose God, we, we, it becomes very easy to justify. Like the non-existence or the non-importance of our fellow human or to just say like oh we're all equal or oh, we're all even or everybody should get everything without anybody so it's, it, it really takes away the, yeah. the the human depth of like if I'm created in God's image and so is that person then we both deserve equal dignity mm-hmm. because we live in a country that's like people have a right to murder the child in their womb and everybody has to love everybody even if they're criminals and it's like okay do we, yeah. what, can you force that upon me like, yeah. <laughs> like what about Humans loving humans and looking deeper, like the you know the 
Yeah, it's yeah. just deeper. Yeah. yeah. We've, 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 as a society, we've lost objective truth. Yeah. I mean, Pilate told Jesus in his face, he's staring at him in his face, and he said, what is truth? He's staring at truth, and yeah. he could not see it. So if we don't realize that Jesus is truth and the gospel is truth, then we're going to live in a world of subjective reality, which nothing matters. You know, there's yeah. no objective truth anymore. Yeah. You know, everybody's just saying, I'm right. Yes, a form of relativism, but it, 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 you, it, you can't, it, that can't coexist. I mean, objective truth and relativism just cannot exist together. Mm-hmm. At least in harmony, it cannot exist. So what, what happens from here? Where does our country go from here? Because you can see this playing out in a bunch of different ways. Some of them aren't really good at all. Some of them could be okay. I mean, what do you guys think? Politics. <laughs> I think we're heading in a, I think we're just heading in a direction that, um, that's not good for the country and for the world. I mean, I, I just I, I see it happening. What direction it is, call me a conspiracy theorist, I, I don't know. Yeah. But it doesn't look good. I mean, it doesn't look good. Unless, uh, unless, we, unless we turn back to what we just said earlier, loving one another and, and, and in the dignity of the human person, I think we're, we're doomed. Yeah. I, I hate to say it, mm-hmm. but it's the truth. I think you know, media can, can essentialize a lot of things, right? And so just not that I'm some sort of world traveler here, but I, I've had a relative good amount of experience in like a bunch of different continents of people's lives. The average person wants to go to work and make a living mm-hmm. and come home and feed their family. Right? People have not been working the past couple of months because of quarantine. Right? A lot of people are kind of just stir crazy. So my personal opinion, come July 4th, there's not going to be any issues. Right? Yeah. I, I yeah. think the riots and looting is going to stop. People are going to go back to work. They're going to go back to like, hey, what really matters is making sure that this roof stays over my family's house and over their heads and there's food on the table and I got to work to do that and you got to get some schoolwork done and we got to take care of this household and live my life. Irrelevant of race and religion and gender. Just want to try to provide for my family. So I think once that comes back to somewhat normalcy people were like I was talking to someone just today actually. They were like, oh, I went down this one protest and it was kind of interesting. They were all like, 20 year olds and 18 year olds I was like yeah because they're kind of bored at home like right yeah. <laughs> like yeah this is a big thing we should be making sure that we, we keep you know American like as unprejudiced as possible yeah you know, the land of the the land of the free and we we came here because we were persecuted in our yeah, own country true. literally why are we here and we we found that freedom and we love that freedom but the average person wants to Especially when you grow older and you have more responsibilities you got to take your responsibilities yeah. and most the, the vast majority of humanity just wants to take care of their home and family, which is really quite beautiful. Yeah. So as fathers, uh, as men listening to the podcast, or even there's a lot of women listening to our podcast, but men in general, I mean, we were to take this home, how would the average father, I mean, I know, Pilar, you gave a great example of, of how you discuss that with your children, Amen. that everything's uh, rooted in Jesus Christ. But, um, you know, you take it home. And my kids, you know, my son is 29, Older, Amanda's yeah. 26. Yeah. You know, we, we actually sat the other night and talked about this, you know, yeah. and, and, they're, and, and I guess I, they're very, um, you know, they're very loving and this is all wrong. And I look back and their childhood was rooted in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So 
they don't see, you know, they don't they don't see the prejudice. They don't see, you know. Sometimes they'll see me, might say, you know, like like not intentionally, maybe say like a racial. So like, Dad, you can't say that. You know, uh, I'm joking, you guys. Like, yeah. Relax. You know? <laughs> um, so I, I guess kids I, will take I, any excuse to yell. Yeah. At oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so don't take it yeah, at any age. At any, any age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I I think uh, we both hit on something that that the families need to be rooted yeah. in Jesus Christ, and we've been talking about that since this men's ministry started. That needs to be rooted in Jesus Christ, you know. So, Father P, any advice for the men out there? Are, are men coming to you, or fathers, or you know, hey, what do we do? Like, how, how is do this coming you, up at all? How do we tell ministry? our kids about this? You know? Yeah, I think so. I, I think almost, you know, I hope my people aren't too racist at the heart. Right? I think if we have a prejudice, we have to overcome it, right? For I mean, like for us as Christians from the Middle East, as Chaldean Catholics, I mean it can be easy to be prejudiced against Muslims, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And not against Islam as systematically maybe a flawed way of looking at the world or system of religion, but Muslims, humans that want to go home and provide for their families and live their lives. We can't, we, 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 see, we see a woman walking with a hijab on and we're like, we naturally kind of have a yeah. thought or something. We have to overcome that. And as, as fathers and, and your children will look to you as an experience. Yeah. Like if there's a, black man who's who's I don't know helping you out with something you could shake his hand treat him like a man or you get to treat him like a thug or you get to treat him like a, a Muslim a non-Muslim a Christian a, a woman a, a deformed person or whatever it is that's what they're going on in their lives that society may think that they're not as quote-unquote normal as part of society they're kind of like they're on the outskirts how you treat them like humans yeah. because you know who they are as children of God and created in God's image and likeness your kids will see that. So overcome your own prejudices and by acting on it and, and treating every human like you would treat Jesus himself. You yeah. make a great point, Father, because I think back to my childhood and and I, I see it now as a, as a father, your kids will always learn more from watching you than anything you'll ever tell them. Mm -hmm. They're looking at your Absolutely. example. Yeah. And I never grew up with any, and I'm Chaldean, right? I never grew up with any stereotypes or prejudices against Muslim people, but my, I mean, we had, friends, very close family friends that were Muslim. They were some of my parents' best friends. And they were always at the house, and they would, some, a few of them lived with us for a while. So I was exposed to that early on, and I saw that my parents viewed these people who were of a different religion. I remember one time we had one of these guys, one of my uncle's, you know, uncle, right? He was staying at our house. He was praying. He was on the rug, and he was praying. I didn't know what he was doing. I was like five or six, and he was in my room. So I jumped, I thought he was joking. I thought he was like wanting me to wrestle with him. I jumped on his back. I had my head up in a headlock and he was trying to pray and he wouldn't, he wouldn't engage. So I was like, this is boring. And I left. And then he came out like five minutes later dying laughing, telling my mom and dad this story. I was like, oh, and so I look back at it now. I get it. But I had no idea, yeah. right? So I learned that from watching yeah. my parents. It makes you know, um, I, I've said this story a hundred times and I can say it a hundred more times. Father John Ricardo He's been a priest for, I don't know, 20 years maybe. But as growing, when he was growing up, the mm -hmm. image sticks in his head. He talks about it till today. He came home every night, and his father was on his knees, Reading on comments. his bed, <laughs> praying scripture or the rosary in his hand. And it's really made him the man he is today because that's the only image it's burned into his memory. Yeah. He never forgets it. And it's such a powerful image yeah. to see that your father um, doing those things and, and you know and you know that your father is a man of God and you can your children will hopefully 
follow in your footprints. Well, <clears throat> with, I think as fathers, we, we're, we're given great power by God. And yeah. to keep on the DC comics, or the, with great power comes great responsibility, that's, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. on us. So. It's Marvel. It's, it's Marvel. Marvel. I don't know these things, guys. I, I have no <laughs> idea. Well, we're up on time here. I, yeah. I want to thank everybody for listening. Please go like, subscribe. Subscribe go to, to our podcast, podcast right? Yeah. You can get on, on uh, Google Play or on Apple. It's called Catholic Avengers. Um, the more you, the, uh, we get ratings, uh, rate us, uh, more people will be able to view us. And uh, please pass this on to all men that you know. Well, we appreciate it. I want to thank Father Pierre for joining us. Thank you so much, Father Pierre, for coming out. Appreciate it. And uh, as always, men, don't forget, you are your brother's keeper. Amen. Until Amen. next time. You've been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and our programs, visit us at ecrc.us.